Welcome to Antitrust Code by Concurrence. Concurrence is the leading antitrust database with over 30,000 articles on competition law. Concurrence is also the largest network of antitrust experts with lawyers, economists, enforcers, and academics in 85 countries. By listening to this podcast, you will learn the fundamentals of competition law and hear about the latest antitrust news thanks to our guests, the best experts in the antitrust world. In today's episode, I am talking with Ferouz Masmidazi about a DMA, digital privacy issue, merge and acquisition, Facebook and Apple. I am Nicolas Chambi, I'm a CEO and founder of Concurrences. Ferouz is a lawyer specialized in European competition law. She has been advising clients in many business sectors, such as chemical products, telecom, financial services, public works, agriculture, and most recently, the media and digital sectors. Ferouz is not only an expert in mainstream business sectors, but she has a knack for new technology. She has been interviewing for Concurrence Review Fabien Curteau-Millet, Director of Economics at Google in Los Angeles. She is representing online editors and publishers. She's a partner at Free Law Firm in Paris, a boutique firm specialized in private equity, mergers and acquisition, with recognized expertise in IT and data regulatory matters. So today, Ferouz will be talking about uh, merger, acquisition, uh, DMS, or Digital Market Act, and many other things like the European uh, Community Merger Regulation and the recent cases, Apple and Facebook. Uh, let's start with the first question, Ferouz. There is a systematic debate among competition authorities since several years about how to address killer acquisition and also to adapt a competition law to the challenges of digital. Uh, you mentioned to me that the European Commission just published a new communication on Article 22 of the regulation, and that's for the referral from the state to the European Commission, and that will change everything you say, a lot of things, at least in the digital world. Tell us more, what is this all about? Well, thank you, Nicolas, and happy to be to be invited for this uh, session. Yes, uh, well, the Commission issued a, a communication about uh, a new doctrine for referral called Article 22 referrals, which basically consists in uh, providing the ability to national competition authorities to refer cases which are not even reportable in their own jurisdiction to the Commission. And the change is here. Before August 2020, the principle was that a, com a national competition authority could only refer a case where it had a national jurisdiction over it. Now, this has changed because the Commission is willing to have a more global overview of acquisition in particular and killer acquisition specifically, irrespective of the sector concerns. Of course, the digital economy is concerned, but biotech also are targeted, pharmaceuticals are targeted. And the purpose of this is to enable some sort of ex-post control to uh, this acquisition where they are likely to harm the functioning of a, the competition in the internal market, basically. Okay. Well, that sounds a good idea, but isn't a kind of uncertainty for business? How do we control work in practice? Well, that is certainly an issue now that it has changed for businesses because 
of course, we are uh, striving uh, to address uh, the issue without much practice. But the Commission issued this, these guidelines precisely to, to give companies in, in Europe some orientation in order to, to self-assess whether or not their case is eligible for a, a referral, uh, an Article 22 referral. And there are two uh, main areas where uh, companies may be reassured. First of all, the, the Commission invites um, companies to make informal approach, either before the Commission or national competition authorities, to discuss in anticipation of their project, of their of the potential eligibility of uh, their case uh, under this new doctrine of Article 22 referrals. So this is a first option companies have, and they will, of course, use it. And the second limit posed by the Commission is a, is a temporal limit. The principle is that the Commission would not consider a case eligible if, if it is presented more than six months after it became public. So there are, of course, exceptions to this principle if a transaction, for example, is extremely likely to harm the, the functioning of the competition in the internal market and uh, beyond this uh, timeline of six months, the Commission preserves the right to review it. But there is still this uh, principle of, of a six-month period, which is rather uh, rational and rather reasonable. So. These are two uh, elements that should enable companies to be uh, not only reassured, but also able to obtain the comfort they might wish to have, and specifically in the next six or 12 months to come, where the Commission and companies will need to discuss and materialize the doctrine with real cases. I see, I see. But at the same time, so the Commission is proposing a new interpretation because that's what is it about. Huh? The new Article 22 is not a new text, it's a new interpretation, whatever the Commission might say. So a new interpretation of Article 22 and at the same time, the Commission is proposing, uh, Parliament, the DMA. So how do they intend to, to uh, regulate uh, to, uh, the, uh, on the one hand, the Article 22 change and the, the draft of DMA? How is it going to work together? Well, it's it's very interesting uh, indeed. The first uh, point of your question is is fundamental. The Commission, by this communication, makes a point and and states that at the end of the day, competition law is a very agile legislation, and it can adapt itself with a new uh, look at many of the challenges of the digital economy. Some of them may not be fully addressed by it. So this is where the rationale of the DMA comes. Uh, the DMA complements competition law, and there is a mechanism at this stage, which is to inform the, the Commission of all the, um, the transactions that are envisaged by those who will be designated gatekeepers. And this information obligation is, is uh, really complementary to the referrals of Article 22, because basically... Here, the Commission uh, secures two sources of information, one from the member states themselves and one from the companies themselves who are considered the most structuring at European level. So, in principle, it should be complementary rather than conflicting or otherwise. And in the end, we need to see how the Parliament is going to change the proposal so that uh, the Commission can still change the interpretation of Article 22 depending on the final DMA regulation. Of uh, I understand that the French Competition Authority plays some kind of a role in this change. Yes, uh, indeed. Uh, most of the European competition authorities have uh, debated internally of how to address this killer acquisition. Some have 
for example, in Germany, benefited from a change in the law in France. This change did not occur. But in parallel to the national discussions, of course, there were discussions at European level. And we understand that the French Competition Authority has pushed the, the, the revision of this doctrine regarding the Article 22 referral precisely to give more scope to this review at European level and, and more uh, leverage to national competition authorities in reviewing uh, transactions that are of competitive interest. Okay. Uh, so in the same six months, more or less, the Commission is enacting a proposal uh, for new regulation for uh, the digital, the DMA and the DSA. The Commission is also innovating with a new interpretation of Article 22 and also a third uh, change or a news from the Commission. They launch a public consultation on reform of merger control procedures. They want to simplify merger notification. Sounds good. Can you tell us about more about this uh, revision of the merger control procedure? Yes, well, it's very much like uh, what the French Competition Authority did two years ago uh, when it modernized uh, merger control uh, regime. Uh, basically, the, the Commission is trying to reallocate the resources where uh, there is um, the most need. So the purpose of this public consultation is to assess whether there are, there, there are rooms for uh, simplification in terms of procedure and typically uh, enabling uh, full uh, electronic notification for simplified cases or uh, only an additional copy, but also limiting the scope of information required in case of simplified cases. And also in substance, Commission is wondering whether uh, there should be further room for simplified cases for further uh, definition of uh, simplified uh, transactions. So um, both in substance and in procedure, Commission is trying to minimize, I would say, the percentage of resources allocated to cases which are not particularly uh, competitively problematic, uh, not at all, I would say, and um, so as to enable these resources to focus on cases which are uh, more likely to pose problems. So it, mm -hmm. is an if, it's, it is a, an effort to be more efficient. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they look for more efficiencies as a, a professional private practitioners ask for, for this for years, especially if you compare the EU and the US uh, merger regulation in practice. I see that those changes take place in a more global context. It seems to me that there is a new uh, comprehension, apprehension from the Commission of the digital economy, but not only the uh, version of market. Uh, I'm thinking about, you know, like a year ago, we had the Aston Siemens case, which was quite a row. And now there is a digit uh, COVID-19 uh, crisis. So do you see this in, in a wider perspective? Well, of course, uh, the Commission is not isolated in this debate. And it is not only a question of self-reform. Uh, uh, we, we can see that in the U.S., for example, there are lots of changes that are undergoing, at least we this is what we can expect from the outside. Some nomination of Lina Khan at the FTC and Tim Wu also. So these are signs uh, globally of a change in antitrust enforcement. Of course, we cannot say where this will end and to what extent the competition authorities will be convergent in terms of solutions. There are still different views between the Europe and US, for example, but also Japan, who is very active regarding a digital economy. So it is clearly a new era of antitrust enforcement and a global reflection on how to address 
new challenges. And there are basically two main, um, I would say, tendency. One is to have a new look at old rules. Um, the other one is to create new rules which are specifically dedicated to those challenges of our times. Mm-hmm. And we see that in England, in Europe with the DMA, it's extremely difficult to regulate specific practices that we know today with a tool that is supposed to last several years long. And so it might be that at the end of the day, we, we have this combination that the Commission is trying to put now forward of refounding some old rules with a new look to adapt where possible to the new challenges and it only were needed as a complement to have specific targeted rules regarding specific problems Mm -hmm. Uh, but this is the whole challenge of the dma and and, uh, it is the most fragile it's extremely difficult today to see where the gaps are interesting Let's turn now to two recent cases. I'd like uh, you tell us more about the uh, Apple case in France, and then we can go to the Facebook, the German Facebook case, if it's okay with you. Yes, of course. The uh, Apple case uh, is about the app tracking transparency tool on iOS 14, and that's a very key case, I would say leading case for the French competition authorities regarding privacy and competition law. Can you tell us more about this? Yes, well, the French Competition Authority recently rejected interim measures against Apple regarding this uh, new app tracking tool, which is likely to change really the business model of several uh, market players in digital advertising. Uh, it, It really changes their strategy. So basically, why is it important? This decision is is important at least for four reasons. The first one is because it is the first time that the competition, the French Competition Authority issues a decision on uh, the articulation between privacy and competition law. Uh, It did not have the occasion before to state its approach. And it's interesting to see that this approach, which is rather pragmatic, uh, which relies on the fact that uh, there is a need to balance the two, of course, and and based on the standard of proof that that results from a long-standing EU uh, decisional practice, the French Competition Authority considered that Apple did not prima facie violate competition law only because it decided to modify its app tracking tool and also because authority states that even a dominant company and even a gatekeeper, a dominant company having a gatekeeper role can make some changes to their product or services and legitimately found this on privacy rules on privacy restriction and may go beyond what the law expects from them, basically. Subject, it is not contrary to competition law. And so on this emergency procedure, the authority considers that it is not prima facie likely to violate competition law, but uh, reserves ability to to investigate more in substance. Another reason why it is important is because it's the first time also that the French competition authorities mentions the word gatekeeper, mentions the situation where a dominant company on one market may be a gatekeeper where it is not dominant on another market and assess the relationship between the two and the dependency of operators in relation to this role. And this is One might think, and I think, that it is a form of statement that the competition authorities, national competition authorities, have also a role and are entitled to examine this aspect. And it is not only a question of the potential future Digital Market Act. It is also a question of competitive interests and maybe of competition law 
also. So um, for these two reasons, it's interesting. And it's also interesting, of course, because this is a way for the competition authority to to make its approach public regarding mm-hmm. the way we could regulate big techs, the way uh, competition authorities and privacy authorities may cooperate in a very um, tight procedure in terms of timing. It is a statement that basically authorities have the resources both legally and in terms of timing, to review very difficult challenges of the digital economy in very tight deadlines. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that French Commission Authority is a big agency, of course. Apple is big, French Commission Authority is big, but one is bigger than the other one. What I mean here is that uh, a decision concerning Apple in France is important in Europe, but how is there a need for regulation or coordination between the authorities. What does he say about coordination between agencies in Europe and worldwide? There is, of course, high need of cooperation. And it is true also that there might be a room of improvement in the DMA to open a role for national competition authorities who are sometimes better placed than the Commission uh, to identify issues and refer them to the Commission if applicable and relevant. So, of course, cooperation is essential. And in this case, in the Apple case, it's interesting to see that the French competition authorities and the CNIL, the privacy uh, agency in France, uh, have cooperated fruitfully to assess uh, to what extent the um, changes undertaken by Apple are likely or not to deviate from the privacy rules, at least from a French law perspective. So this is a very interesting um, proof of uh, fruitful cooperation and an ability of national competition authority to resolve issue quickly and efficiently somehow even if it's not in the benefit for the moment of online advertisers. But anyway, in substance, this is what's very interesting. Speaking about cooperation or lack of cooperation between agencies, let's now turn to Facebook and Germany. So there is this famous case, uh, Facebook in Germany, a decision from the Bundeskartellamt, decision from the Apple Court, decision from the Supreme Court, and now there is, on the same case, another decision, the Regional Court of Dusseldorf, decided to stay the proceedings and request a preliminary ruling to the European Court of Justice. As usual, Germany is at the forefront of changes in the European legal landscape. Think about Federer case, concerning damages. But here, it's a case on privacy arguments and Facebook is in the middle of the storm. What are the stakes of this uh, decision still to come? Well, this preliminary ruling has a lot of stakes and it's absolutely uh, fascinating to see how Germans are actively at the forefront of, of our questions and how they enable uh, changes. The question basically from what we know now posed to the Court of Justice is whether a company can abuse its dominant position by violating the GDPR. In substance, we understand this is the point. So basically here, the Facebook case is likely to preempt what we are trying to cope with the DMA because, well, the Court of Justice will have to issue a decision and will have to interpret European law as if it was always how we need to interpret it. This is basically the purpose of preliminary ruling. So when the Court of Justice will decide whether a violation of GDPR is able to characterize an abuse, it's going to be structuring for all the competition authorities in Europe. It's going to be structural for the DMA also, because the DMA uh, is without prejudice to national and European competition law. So if the Court of Justice decides that 
a violation of GDPR may be a competition law problem, then it's going to be very difficult to articulate the rules in the DMA and the national competition rules, for example. At least we will need to take this into account and define another way if needed, if uh, the parliament and the trilogue will, will it. But if, um, if the DMA stays as it is, then there is a risk of conflict or at least a risk of inefficiency of the DMA itself because the scope of competition law might be extremely extended to somehow. So um, the stakes are extremely high and it's very interesting that the German court has uh, referred this question now as we expect that the DMA will in any case not be adopted before one year at least. So it might be enough for the court to rule on this and it's going to have a lot of implication. I think it's a fascinating case. Uh, we had a trilogue, uh, the council, the parliament, the commission. Now the court of justice is entering by uh, the window, a corner of the room as a debate, even if it's only on GDPR and this privacy case in Germany. Uh, this could have some impact on the DMA negotiation. And then there is a Buddhist cattle on one side, the French Commission authorities and many other authorities. What a fascinating topic in the coming months or coming year. Well, Ferus, thank you very much for your insightful views on this. This is now for the Antitrust News Briefing by Concurrence Review. Our guest today was Ferus Masmidazi and thank you to a firm Free Associates. You listened to an episode of Antitrust Code by Concurrence. If you want to read more about this topic, check the Concurrence website where you can find all relevant articles. Follow us on Twitter at CompetitionLaws and join the Concurrence group on LinkedIn to receive updates on our next podcast.